In June of 1858, in the Illinois capital, Abraham Lincoln delivered his famous house divided speech. Quoting Jesus, he said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Lincoln didn't expect the union to be dissolved, that the American house would cease, but he had to be, cease to be divided. It will either become one thing or all the other. Either the spread of slavery will be stopped and slavery will, of course, ultimately face extinction, or the spread will continue until slavery becomes lawful in all states, old as well as new, north as well as south. It won't remain a divided house. It has to become one thing or the other. An old-fashioned Christian, Catholic, or evangelical Protestant might say the same thing about today regarding America and its struggle with Christianity or atheism. The Christian might say the United States will become one thing or the other. Either it will become a society which has taken for granted that atheism is the norm and the worldview, or it will become a place, much like the good old days, where it was taken for granted the worldview is Christianity. And those two are at odds with one another, and there is no common ground. There can be no consensus. There's no way to bring those two together. They're at odds completely. The typical American, in other words, will hold one of two beliefs, either that God exists, that God created and governs the world of nature, that there are laws of nature, that God is the foundation of human rights and duties, that Jesus Christ was God incarnate and he died for our sins. Or you're going to end up believing that God is a myth, that rather like Santa Claus, that the world of nature and its laws that govern it are byproducts of chance, that there is no moral law higher than any man-made law. Anything we declare to be legal is therefore good, that Jesus Christ generally admirable, decent, ancient celebrity, was judiciously murdered for being too strict in his moral teachings, too liberal in his mercy. Those are the two positions. It's atheism or full belief in Christianity. There is no middle ground. That's where America stands today. Again, prior to the 20th century, anti-Christianity in America was a rather moderate thing. It opposed Christianity, but without advocating disbelief in God, took the form of deism or pantheism, agnosticism, a watered-down Christianity, much like liberal Protestantism, which really holds nothing. But when the second half of the last century came along, the second half of the 20th century, anti-Christianity took great strength. The atheist there made a strategic discovery. The way to destroy Christianity was not by writing books that questioned the Bible, not by hammering home the problem of evil. The way to destroy Christianity with its beliefs was to encourage college boys and girls to go to bed with one another and then say, we've done a fine thing. We have done harm to nobody, and if our behavior does no harm to anybody, it is morally good. That's what's happened, the utter change of a morality. Now remember, nobody loses their faith in God by denying the divinity of the Holy Spirit. You lose it by bad morals. In other words, if your faith is up here and your moral behavior is down here, you can't live with that cognitive dissonance. Something's got to change. You either bring your behavior back up, and we call that repentance, or you're going to reduce your belief system so that it endorses your behavior. And we call that loss of faith. That's what was the secret. That was the fundamental change. That's the cultural change that's happened. That's what's promoted the atheism of our age. That's what's really going on. Again, using this logic, more and more Americans have come to believe in the last decades that there's nothing morally objectionable to sexual promiscuity, to unmarried cohabitation, out-of-wedlock childbirth, single parenthood, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and recently, transgenderism, not to mention recreational drug use and ultimately euthanasia. 
All of this is the fruit of an atheism, which is setting aside all belief in God. Those are the two positions. It's Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or there's no God at all in atheism, and everything goes. That's the conflict. That's where we are. Again, you'll find that the people who dominate America's most important organs of moral propaganda are journalists, our mass media, Hollywood, TV shows, popular music industry, the best colleges and universities and law schools, public schools, not to mention the intellectual elite of both parties, are either atheists or near atheists. That's really where we are today. In the last month or two, the atheists have, have ultimately demanded and with indignation that parents get out of the way. That they would, how could parents be so hate-filled as to block the humane attempts to give essentially atheistic sex education to kids five through nine years old, a la Disney World, to insinuate the same thing with our children's entertainment? That's how far we've come. Perhaps worse still, many of those who show up in the polls as Christians are really such weak Christians you wonder if there's any faith at all. They identify as Christians, but really they're moralistic, therapeutic Deists. Maybe you've heard that term before. Again, they would hold that, that, oh, God may exist, and he may have ordered the creation. He watches over things. But God simply wants people to be good, to be nice, to be fair to each other, that the central goal of life is to be happy, to feel good about oneself, that God doesn't need to be particularly involved in one's life, and that all good people go to heaven when they die. Everybody gets to heaven except maybe Hitler. Everybody goes to heaven. That's this moralistic, therapeutic deism. It is not a faith that can save us, but it's part of many people's lives who identify as Christians but really don't have any of the connection to the person of Jesus Christ nor commitment to follow his ways nor to share his life with others. This is the kind of a church which is more of a country club more of a warmth and friendship place, celebrations, parties, community events, but not a church that would save us. It's not a church that Jesus would even recognize. That's the challenge before us. So Jesus Christ did found a church. He came to reveal his Father and the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Trinity. He comes to save us from our sins. In his great love, he laid down his life for us. He baptizes us, makes us sons and daughters of God with our sins forgiven, and he calls us to eternal life. He gives us a resurrection like his own. He promises that to us. But notice, even that's not enough. He sent us on mission. It's not enough that you and I try to get to heaven or to save my soul. That's, that's good, but it's not enough. Notice what the apostles did. As soon as Jesus was risen from the dead and the Holy Spirit descends upon them, they went into the temple area and they proclaimed the resurrection. They were sent on mission. They went out there. Peter gets out there in the, in the temple area and he says, save yourself from this corrupt generation. And 3,000 were added that day. And the people gathered around the apostles for the teaching of the apostles, the breaking of the bread, which is the Eucharist, and the prayers. All of this is the fundamental Christian life sent on mission. That's what they did. In our second reading today, you hear the apostles. They began that mission. They went into the temple area preaching. And what happens? They got arrested. They were warned not to preach about Jesus. They were thrown in prison, and an angel comes to free them from prison in the middle of the night. Instead of fleeing, they go back into the temple area and preach. The angel tells them, go out and tell all the people about this new life, the new life of love, to be freed from sins, to have their burdens lifted off of our shoulders, to walk with a bounce in our step knowing that we are loved and we have a destiny in heaven, to share the people this new life. And they were dragged in again before the high priest who said, 
We gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name. Yet you filled Jerusalem with his teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us. And Peter, no shrinking violet, says, better for us to obey God than men. There it was, in your face. We stand where we stand. We follow the risen Lord. All of this, they were, then they were whipped and they counted themselves blessed to suffer for the sake of the name. Doesn't sound much like the church of nice. Doesn't sound much like the church of moralistic therapeutic deism. It sounds like those who believe and are converted, who love the Lord and want to share that faith, the mission, and that's what you and I have been sent on. Not just to be nice, not just even to get to heaven, but to be on mission to change the world, to proclaim the risen Lord, to proclaim repentance. And notice, again and again in the scriptures, Jesus sent out the 72. He didn't send them to preach faith, didn't send them to preach love. He called on them to preach repentance. If you don't repent, you can't know Jesus. Jesus' very name means God saves. You can't know him as Savior unless you repent. The end of the Gospel of Luke, at the ascension, he sent them out into the whole world to preach repentance. Wow, how different is that? That's not the church of nice. That's different. And so we find ourselves in a very interesting position now where we've got the message. We've got the share in eternal life. We've got this life of the apostles. We've been baptized. We've been fed at the altar. And now you and I are sent on mission. That's our goal to change the whole world, to speak the name of Jesus into a world that's walking in darkness. Now Lincoln was right. We can't live in a house divided. Neither can we live in a country divided. We don't have enough strong believers for a civil war. We don't have enough strong believers for revolution. We've got just the right amount for a persecution. We count ourselves blessed to be worthy to suffer for the sake of the name.